Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell, and we're glad you're with us as we continue with season number 30. We have a lot of football to talk about, some baseball. Right now, though, the man is going to catch you up on everything going on. You desperately need to know what's going on with the Colts. He has it. Here's the star of our show. It's Network Indiana's Nathaniel Finch. Nathaniel Finch here with you from our Monument Circle downtown Indianapolis studios. If you're a Colts fan, things are looking pretty good for the Horseshoe, leading 21-17 to over the Chicago Bears. There's three minutes left. They've got the ball second and nine and knocking on the door of the red zone. you got to feel pretty good if you're a Colts fan, but maybe not as good if you're a Colts fan who went to the game at Lucas Oil hoping to see maybe two of the better young mobile quarterbacks in Anthony Richardson and Justin Fields. Both of them didn't play today. We've known Fields wouldn't play for a couple days but Richardson a surprise scratch along with 19 other expected starters for this season did not play so we only had two guys that we can expect to see start week one that was cornerback Dallas Flowers and nickel cornerback Daryl Baker Jr. They played nobody else did but the guys who did have played pretty well how about Gardner Minshew 13 of 15 in his starting play 107 yards and a touchdown Sam Ellinger looking pretty good as well now coming in as the second string guy 9 of 14 124 yards doesn't have a passing touchdown, but he ran one in with his legs. Eight carries, 60 yards on the ground. He leads the team in rushing by a mile. Jake Funk, also a big contributor on this last drive to get them the lead. He's got five carries for 18 yards, but he has a touchdown, and he has a two-point conversion rush. They lead 21-17 to over the Chicago Bears, and now with two minutes and 24 seconds left, got to feel pretty good in the red zone. In enemy territory. Let's look at some scores from baseball. Finishing up earlier today, the Cubs beat the Royals 6-4. to The Blue Jays beat the Reds 4-3. to Both of those games took place in this area, of course, with the Cubs being at home and the Reds being at home as well. Looking at some other scores that have gone final. We had... The Red Sox beating the Yankees 8-1. to The Dodgers over the Marlins 3-1. to The Diamondbacks over the Padres 6-4. to Brewers defeated the Rangers 6-1. to The Phillies put up 12 compared to 3 for Washington. The Angels 6-4 to over the Rays. And the other game that went final from this area. The Tigers defeat the Guardians 4-3. to Let's go back to that Cubs game. How about this? This is how the game went for Cody Bellinger. 2-2, hit in the air, left field. Taylor back, back some more, out of here! A belly bomb into the bleachers, and it is 2-0 Cubs! People. Bellinger in the air, left center field. He's done it again! Another belly bomb. Second of the day, and it's 4-1. Two belly bombs there. Thank you to Marquis Sports Network for that one. Of course, they win by two. He had four RBIs total. A great day for Cody Bellinger. As far as the Reds, of course, they lost by a run. But my goodness, how about Ellie De La Cruz? There is no one at third base. Well hit. Deep right center. Off the base of the wall. McLean shifts through second. De La Cruz up to second. Furious win numbers on. One run game, ball gets by, Ellie Holmes save! 
Most people stop at third. Ellie decided to go home, and he was successful. Of course, they will fall 4-3 to three to the Blue Jays. Some other games that are going on right now. The Pirates lead the Twins 7-3 to three in Minnesota. That's in the top of the ninth. Mariners over the Astros. Bottom of the ninth, 10-3 in Houston. The Astros have a guy on third, but that one's all but wrapped up. Mets over the Cardinals, 13-2 in the bottom of the ninth. The White Sox and the Rockies playing in the top of the fifth in Colorado. The Rockies lead 7-4, but the White Sox have two guys on with two outs. The Diamondbacks in game two of a doubleheader lead the Padres 2-0 in the top of the fifth. That one in San Diego. The Orioles all tied up with the Athletics one a piece in the top of the fourth. Rays and Angels, bottom of the fourth. Game two of a doubleheader. Tampa Bay leads 2-0 after the Angels won that one earlier. Welcome back, everybody. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Time to talk some college football. It's getting closer and closer. Notre Dame starts it off on the 26th of this month, taking on Navy in Dublin. Yes, not the one in Ohio, the one in Dublin, Ireland. That's the one. Dr. Lynn Clark, Irish Illustrated, joins me and the author of Dr. Lynn Clark's, uh, what do we call it, the Guide, Dublin Guide? Is that is that the title? <laughs> That's the Guide to Dublin. Thank you for mentioning that. No, listen, I, I love the work. I love all the, I, I love the videos. Um, I can tell people I, I know a world-famous author, <laughs> and so uh, I'm all in. Uh, are we ready to play? Are we, well, Bob, it seems like we've been practicing forever. It started in late July, and fall camp 2023 is now officially closed as the Fighting Irish are in game mode, as you mentioned. The, the rivalry between Notre Dame and Navy will renew for the 96th time, now just one week away at Aviva Stadium in Dublin, and the Fighting Irish are chomping at the bit. They want to get that first game underneath their belt, and hopefully with a win. All right, when do you head there? I'm going to head out Tuesday night, get there Wednesday morning. I wish I was on the flight with everybody else right now, but there was a press conference on Monday right. with Marcus Freeman. Tuesday night, select players, and we'll have mm-hmm. a chance to talk with the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator. And then the team flies out on Wednesday, so it's going to be a jam-packed couple of days for me. I've got some media interviews, hosting a whiskey-tasting party, and then the Irish Illustrated staff will have a podcast on Friday. We're raising money for Our Lady's Children's Hospital, and right now about about 1,000 euro we've raised, and our goal is to get 5,000, Bob, so we're having a great time. Sounds like it. I want to go back to the whiskey tasting, tasting <laughs> seminar that you're hosting. So it, it uh, I, I know that's thing. hazardous duty. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it, that you should be getting hazard pay for place. doing that. Quite frankly, <laughs> but you know the big thing is, Bob. We're talking about all these things, but we're talking about all these things outside of the football game. But Saturday night, it's all business. The Fighting Irish want to start that 2023 season off on the right way, and. Navy's not going to be a pushover. They've got a new coach in Brian Newberry who replaces Ken Niamatololo for the first time in you know years that Navy hasn't had it. So they're going to still run that triple option. But everything that we're hearing, there's going to be some wrinkles to it. And look for Navy even to try to throw the ball a little bit more than they have in the past. Now they've got their quarterback, Ty right, Labatai, right. who was hurt last year. We don't know if he's 100%, but we know that he is an inspiration. We'll be back on the field. And if you go back to last year in Baltimore, Navy gave Notre Dame a scare in that second half. So throw the records out, even though Notre Dame dominates the series 81-13-1. Right. Navy, 
as I sat in 2012 and listened to the Secretary of Navy said, our players may not go pro to the NFL, but they go pro for our country each and every day. <laughs> yeah, that's that's well said. That's well said. You know, the old coach in me comes out and thinks uh, you're, you're playing a team that you're better than. However, you have a brand new coach. And so, you know, all the preparation, you're pouring through tape and tape and tape. But you don't really you don't really have tape on what this guy has done as a head coach. And so, you know, there are a lot of unknowns in terms of your preparation. While they may still try to run that offense, you talked about wrinkles. You're not sure exactly what they are because you have no knowledge of it with a brand new guy. Exactly, and it's always been will versus skill against Notre Dame, but you're going to see more skill out of Navy, especially at the offense. Now, on defense, they return a lot of veterans who had that sour taste in their mouth after almost right. defeating Notre Dame last year, and so this is a little bit of a grudge match, and I know those mids want to leave their career out with at least a win against Notre Dame, but Notre Dame, Bob, this is a team that has potential. The big storylines coming in, you've got Sam Hartman, a six-year quarterback, all ACC at Wake Forest. Notre Dame, as my colleagues described, they have a backfield five deep. They call it the five-headed monster led by Audric Estime. Mm -hmm. In camp, the wide receivers, which came in really expecting to be a strong point, they kind of struggled. But that's how we went up against the Notre Dame defense that is really improved. Right. Notre Dame's secondary is really improved, especially with the additions of the graduate transfers, Antonio Carter II and Thomas Harper from Oklahoma State. But Notre Dame has a nice mix of senior leadership, graduate players, but then the young guys have come in and really pushed the veterans. So you'll see a lot of these freshmen getting some opportunities on special teams, especially Drake Bowen, who has looked very good in practice. Mm -hmm. But uh, this, is, this is a team, Notre Dame is probably going to go with some names like at guard Rocco Spindler and Pat Coogan. Now still going up against that triple option, there's always that threat of injury. So this is not going to be a breather for Notre Dame, but you're going to see some guys that probably would not have started if it wasn't against Navy. But uh, everybody's going to have a chance to contribute next Saturday night. He's Dr. Lynn Clark, Irish illustrated on his way to Dublin, Ireland with the Irish. They take on Navy on the 26th. You can catch his uh, guide to Dublin. Uh, you know, it, it's great. It's great work. Lynn, always great to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time and enjoy the weekend. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports. A final score from Lucas Oil Stadium. The Colts put up 17 points in the final frame. They win 24-17. to That one going final just minutes ago. Looking at some of the stats here. Let's start from the quarterback position. No Anthony Richardson today, but the two guys behind him played very well. Gardner Minshew the second. Only missed two completions. He was 13 of 15 today, over 100 yards and a touchdown. Sam Ellinger came in 9 of 14, 124 passing yards, 8 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown on the ground. Pretty successful there. How about this? Two newcomers. The Colts just signed two receivers this week. James Washington, former Steeler with a few other teams as well, had one catch for 42 yards. DJ Montgomery from the USFL, two catches, 39 yards. Safe to say those two guys are making their candidacy to stay on this team. As far as rushing goes, the team, 31 carries as a squad, 123 yards. It's good for four yards a carry, two rushing touchdowns. Jake Funk had the other one. Let's start down and work our way up in the minor leagues. The Indianapolis Indians currently against the St. Paul Saints lead 5-1 to one in the bottom of the eighth. The South Bend Cubs 
They end up falling four, no, rather two to one to West Michigan on the road in the Fort Wayne Tin Caps. They are down on the scoreboard as well. That one final seven to one against Dayton. Indy 11 currently down one nil in the 39th minute on the road against El Paso FC. Some quick scores for you. Cubs beat the Blue Jays 6-4. Reds lose to the Blue Jays, that is, 4-3. The Royals lose to the Cubs. Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports. Welcome back, everyone. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. It's brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Week one of high school football wrapped up today. Big night last night around the state with me to talk about it. The commissioner of the IHSAA, Paul Nidig. Hello, Paul. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, been out Saturday, uh, traveling around a little bit, but had a great day. And uh, man, what an incredible Friday night we had last night. Yeah, you you spent it uh, down in Evansville. Uh, I was following you on some social media. With uh, you were at the Wrights Bowl last night. I was, I was. You know, it's one of our historic venues in the state. And, right. You know, if our fans have never experienced a game at the Wrights Bowl, uh, you know, it's 10,000 seats that are on top of the field and just an incredible place to watch a football game. But uh, defending state champions in modern day, well, they were opened up against uh, the place where I was at, athletic director at, Evansville Central High School. And uh, my son still is a coach at Evansville Central. So, uh did a little, took a little chance to come home and watch the old Bears play, mm-hmm. and uh, and obviously Coach Gable, the legend, this uh, modern day yeah. Wildcast didn't disappoint last night. They're pretty good again this year, Coach. Well, they always are, as long as he's coaching them. Back in the day of Indiana Sports Talk, we've been on so long, there are a lot of days to talk about. But back years ago, I had this crazy idea that I would take the show on the road, that I would go uh, into a city and uh, do my show from our affiliated station. I'd go out to a football game. Uh, join the broadcast crew, be there through halftime, and then go to the studio and host the show. And so one of my favorite memories of that was going to Evansville, watching a game in the Wrights Bowl. And as you say, it's one of the more storied venues. It's the coolest place. It's literally built into the side of a massive hill, right? And, you know, lots yeah. of brick features. It is a, it's a tremendous, it's a, it, an all-inspiring view and my other memory of that night was driving downtown, going to the studio, doing doing the show, getting out of the studio, walking in my car and can't find my car because the fog is so bad. I can't see five feet in front of me. Right. And, well, and so I'm going to I'm thinking, how do I get back to Franklin, Indiana, in the midst of all of this uh, uh, of this fog? And so, yeah, it's a memory that's etched in my mind. But I love the facility and I just love it was a perfect night last night. It was literally you couldn't have asked for a better opening night uh, in any sport last night than what we had. Okay, you know, typically those uh, first Friday night games in, in August are just just so just stifling hot, and you know we didn't have that anywhere across the state last week. And you know this week may be a different story, but you know it was yeah. just a good night. Yeah. It was crisp, it was clear. There wasn't rain we were dealing with, and and you know it's um, you know have to. And then here we are. It, 
uh, you know, a, a day later, and half the teams in the state are undefeated, and half the teams in the state are one <laughs> loss, but with a lot of hope right. to get better. <laughs> right. Oh, you and I have talked about this before, and that is, and I just got off the phone earlier in the night with Star. The quality of play in our state in football continues to get better and better. I mean, you just look yeah. around at the numbers of kids going to Power Five conference programs and just watching the quality. You see it. You're out every weekend watching games, mm-hmm. and it's a testament to the kids. I think it's a testament to the coaches and, and moms and dads and communities. Friday night is an important night around our state. Um, we recognized it 30 years ago when we started the show, but thir- you know, it, the, the Friday night – and I talked about it last night on the show a little bit. Hey, look, you want to support your high school programs, not just football, but your your girls' tennis team, your golf team, everybody, go to a football game because the revenue generated at that game helps pay for those other sports in terms of their operating costs. Absolutely, Coach. Everything, and even the sectional money, as we walk past week nine this year and, and go into the sectional, but even that sectional money that our football teams earn, those fans go out, that's also retained at the schools and some of that tournament money for them to, to put back in and support their entire athletic program. Mm-hmm. And You know, Coach, and I've watched this from other states, and and I, I often say, and I think we, Indiana's just special, and, and community still matters in this state, and 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 people such yep. as yourself truly promote the education system before the athletic system, and and that is not something that that we can take for granted because what we love on Friday night is special because it's still classroom driven and we can never lose sight of that in this state. Uh, I think some other organizations may have uh, put that aside to chase the almighty (laughs) dollar along the way. Right. Uh, Right. But, but I think, gosh, you know, these kids are trying to get their first degree in life and we've got to support them in that with the uniform that supports their community. I understand rivalries. You know, I, I played. You know, everyone knows I, I'm a Plainfield grad. Everybody knows I grew up in Hendricks County. And so, tell you what, unless I have to, uh, I still try to avoid driving through some of our rivalry towns just because I don't <laughs> like them. <laughs> I, mean, I, I won't mention the names of those towns on the air, but you can figure it out, right? If you're a Plainfield boy, uh-huh. just look around. So, yeah, you, you know, I'm mean, so that's how that's how we are as Hoosiers. We we the rivalries are big deals for us. They are, Coach, and I still a good friend of mine that was a mentor of mine when I started in this business. To this day, will not he'll drive five miles out of his way to drive around the town instead of driving <laughs> through the town. That was their, their right. rival. <laughs> you know, and so, but that, those, are, those are stories. And, you know, I, I know it's not basketball season, but only one place in the world that we have a coach that put on the back of his tombstone, I'd rather be here than, than, uh, than Jasper, Indiana. <laughs> I know. Gunner Wyman, God love him. <laughs> it's, God love him. When, you people, when you tell people outside of Indiana that story, they don't believe you. They don't. But, you know, those are the things that make what we do, Bob, so special. So special and such an opportunity for kids to grow up with passion about their community. 
lest we forget, you know, we, we started football, uh, but we also have started fall sports. We, we're playing golf. Uh, we're playing soccer. We're doing all kinds of stuff right now around the state. We are. You know, we're we're well into it. Girls golf, I mean, this season we're marked. We're going to mark the halfway point of the season here in a couple of weeks. Wow. And into September wow. we're going to celebrate a state championship. And uh, But, yeah, soccer is rolling strong. And, you know, Coach, I'd love to also give a little shout-out to my, the assistant commissioners that work in our office. You know, um, from, you know, Robert Falkins and Janie Elmer and Carrie Rosati and Brian Lewis and Chris Coffin. Just are just phenomenal people that are passionate about the sports they get to the govern, right. oversee, and support. And uh, you know, they they I, I do not want to do this work without that team that I have at the IHSA. And I would say that they make you look good, quite frankly. They really do. <laughs> coach, coach, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty near sixty years old and balding and and a little and, and I need everything I can get to look good at this point in my life. <laughs> I understand. Well, so the, I'm, I'm sure the reports around the state all went well last night. I'm, I think we had great games, uh, some really competitive games, and I hope everyone was healthy. We got through the night well, and it, it just seems like we got a great start to the season. Uh, for my report, I, you know, my my next day always revolves around the number of emails I receive, and my email box is pretty <laughs> empty this morning. So I was I was pretty pleased, but yeah, I think it all was a it was a good start. It was a good start, and uh, we'll build on it throughout the season. And we walk into Lucas Oil Stadium Thanksgiving weekend, and I can guarantee our folks that we're going to have we're going to have six games that are going to be incredible shows. He's the commissioner of the IHSAA. It's Paul Knighting. Paul, I always appreciate having you. Thank you so much for your time. and Have a great week. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Coach. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks so much. The commissioner of the IHSAA. If you didn't get a chance to get out last night, see some games, get out this weekend. Hopefully, it may be hot. I'm not really checked out on all the weather. So maybe, but go out and have some fun. We'll come back and talk some more ball on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. A busy day in the MLB. I'm Nathaniel Finch with Network Indiana Sports. Here's the scoreboard update. 18 games across Major League Baseball today. Let's start with the ones that are currently going on right now. In Colorado, the Rockies sold a 7-4 advantage over the Chicago White Sox. The D-backs lead the Padres in game two of a doubleheader. 3-1, that's in the top of the sixth. Runners on the corners with an out for Arizona. The Orioles lead the Athletics. In Oakland, 2-1, to one, top of the sixth. The Rays and the Angels currently going all Tampa Bay, 6 to nothing in the second game of their doubleheader in the top of the fifth inning. And a guy on second base, the Marlins, trailing the Dodgers 3-1, to one, bottom of the sixth in L.A., game two of a doubleheader. We had a lot of those today. Let's talk about some final scores. The Red Sox over the Yankees, 8-1. to one. The Cubs defeat the Royals 6-4. to four. And Let's talk about this for a second. How about Justin Steele continuing to prove that he is in the conversation for the Cy Young Award in the National League. His 14 wins now tied for the most in the entire league. Steele is 10-2 at Wrigley Field this season. His 2.80 ERA, second in the National League, third in the majors this season. He has been 
an animal for Chicago. The Dodgers beat the Marlins in Game 1 of that doubleheader, 3-1. to The Diamondbacks over the Padres, Game 1 of theirs, 6-4. to The Brewers, 6-1 winners over the Rangers. That one going final. The Phillies clobbering the Nationals, 12-3, to that score. Angels over the Rays, Game 1, 7-6. to The Reds at home fall 4-3 to to the Blue Jays. Tigers beat the Guardians 4-3. to For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Nathaniel Finch. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football, we're soon there. Let's talk some football with Jeff Rabjohns. Jeff Rabjohns, are you there? Coach, how are you? I'm great now that you're with me, peaks.com. I think, quite frankly, I have said this from the first time I met him and had him on the show. He's one of the brightest and talented journalists our state has. I still believe that. Nothing has happened to dissuade me from that perspective. And so, having said that, I hope you're well. Coach, I'm terrific. Thank you. You're always so kind. So good to talk to you. I like to think of myself as an honest man, too. I try my best. So we are soon, soon going to be playing college football, correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. September 2nd is uh, the big day when pretty much everybody gets going. Hoosiers, who's mad at the Hoosiers in the Big Ten office? Is it the person in charge of scheduling? Do you think they have a, a personal grudge against the Hoosiers? <laughs> you certainly hope not, but I, I understand why people ask that question when they get uh, thrown into some obviously really no difficult openers, as they are this year, uh, starting with uh, not only a conference game, but against Ohio State, one of the teams that, uh, you know, depending on what ranking you look at, somewhere in the top five, people, some people say, you know, title contenders, most everybody says likely playoff team. So that that's obviously an incredibly difficult opening game for Indiana. It is, especially with an IU team that, that, that has uh, a whole lot of question marks uh, across the board on both sides of the ball, quite frankly. Yeah, they do. Um, some of the question marks are kind of interesting, uh, but I mean that from the standpoint of they brought in a number of transfers on the defensive line so that there's mm-hmm. a lot more talent mm-hmm. on the defensive line. It should be better than it has been in recent years. So those questions are good as far as, okay, you got more talent. Who starts? Who plays the most? Um, right. So I think that that's actually a good question. On the other hand, you have questions like, okay, well, you don't have a starting quarterback yet. Who's going to start? <laughs> Is it going to be mm-hmm. Kevin Jackson? Is it going to be Brendan Solisby? What are you going to do when Dexter Williams gets healthy in the midseason, at least projected? Um, and then obviously the, the, the two quarterbacks, one of whom is going to start, either either uh, Taven Jackson, who everybody knows from Center Girl, Trace Jackson Davis, his younger right. brother, Brendan Sorsby. Um, you know, they're talented guys, but they're younger guys. So you're going to have some youth at quarterback regardless of who starts. And then obviously the offensive line has been a question for, for a number of years. And um, they do have some guys that they really like. Um, 
On the other hand, people will say, if you don't like your guys in summer and in fall camp, you got big problems. <laughs> um, but I do think mm-hmm. they have some guys who have a chance to be better. And I think one of the things that's interesting with the offensive line, you bring in a guy named Bob Bostad. And most people don't pay attention to offensive line coaches because really, who does? But in this case, they brought in a guy mm-hmm. from Wisconsin who was the architect of some really good Wisconsin offensive lines and some change in some techniques, some change in some schemes, some change in some teaching, has some people thinking, okay, you know, maybe Indiana does have a guy there who can who can really improve the offensive line. Um, and I think another question on the good side for Indiana is the running back room. Uh, I think you've got right, at least three right. guys who can play and be productive. Maybe you have four. They think they might have four. Um, we'll see. But I think the running back room is one where you go, okay, you've got three guys who can play. Does one guy kind of become the main guy? Are you going to go with two? Are you going to go with three? Um, we'll see. Um, but obviously everybody, you know, points to, I think, the headliner for Indiana is Jalen Lucas. Uh, you know, preseason All-American, uh, running back slash slot receiver mm-hmm. slash kick returner mm-hmm. slash um, basically a guy you look at and go, okay, how many different ways can we get this guy the ball? That's what right. Jalen Lucas right. is. Um, so, but it's it's uh, it, it is an interesting group for for Indiana. Um, but like you said, there are there are plenty of questions right now at this point in the season. I've long held that if you're if you're at a place like an IU in terms of football, and you you have to go against Ohio State and Michigan just to begin with, and those, if if you truly think that you can go out and recruit the type of athlete who can line up and go toe-to-toe with those guys and be successful, I think you're deluding yourself. And so my, my contention has always been to play these teams, you have to try to out-scheme them. Now, everyone's – you know, coaches are talented and tape and this, that, and the other, but you have to you have to try to do something – you have to literally do something differently because just man-on-man, you probably lose most of those battles. So it's encouraging to hear you talk about – the new offensive line coach with different schemes and different techniques and those kinds of things. Cause I, those are the things I think to give you a chance to win. Yeah. I, I think that that's a really, really good point coach. And I think the other thing is when you're at a place like Indiana, it's like, well, let's just kind of like be, be realists here. Are they likely going to be to Ohio state, Michigan and Penn state? Probably not. Okay. Well, let's say they mm-hmm. don't. Mm-hmm. Can you, can you get the talent and be creative enough and do enough things to you know, win some of your other non-conference games, you know, like Louisville, Lucas Oil Stadium, certainly you right. should beat Akron right. and Indiana State. But can you beat the Maryland's of the world? Can you beat the Rutgers of the world? Can can you you know beat come up with a win against you know a solid team but not a great team like like an Illinois or something like that? Can you get to six seven wins and be a bowl team? Uh, you know, I'm a long contender at Indiana. Um, you know, the goal should be okay. Can you become a regular bowl team? Even if that's six and six, okay, you know, just become right. a regular bowl. Right. Get your get your fans accustomed to going to bowls, traveling to bowls. I mean, I covered both of Indiana's recent January bowl games in Florida. IU traveled unbelievably well. Uh, they were very well represented by their fans. And even if it's not a January game, even if it's not a Florida game. Get your fans accustomed to your program competes to going to bowls. Then I think that's mm-hmm. how you grow the fan base, and especially you get kids who are in college, you get them used to the idea that, hey, where I go to college, we go to bowl games, at least with some regularity. Right. Maybe not all the time with regularity. That's how you get to the point you start to really grow your fan base. 
Jeff Rabjohn, Peaks.com. I used to always think when I was coaching, I would ask the question, Who's, who, who are we out recruiting? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if we're going after somebody and some, and some of our competitors are, are we out recruiting our competitors for kids? And I would ask that question about I use re- recruiting. Who are the out recruiting? Because, again, if you go head-to-head with a, a Michigan and Ohio State, those kinds of guys, you probably don't win those battles. So, you know, I've been encouraged at certain times that they, they're winning some of these battles. Am I right? Yeah, you are. Um, you know, and especially in, in the portal. Um, and I understand not everybody loves okay. the transfer portal. I right. get that. But the transfer portal is a mechanism for, uh, for talent, for requiring talent. Okay, you recruit high school kids and develop them. You can right. recruit portal kids and play them. That's generally the mentality most of the time. Um, you know, they were able to get EJ Williams, a uh, wide receiver who was at Clemson. Uh, you know, ha- had a knee injury, but was incredibly mm-hmm. productive as a freshman. A lot of a lot of schools went after him. Um, you know, some of the Florida schools, other SEC schools. You know, Indiana because of relationships was able to get him. Um, there's a couple of defensive linemen that a lot of schools went after in the transfer portal. Indiana won a couple of those big time battles. So there are some times when Indiana is starting to really win some, some, some recruiting battles. And, and a lot of that, you know, is, you know, they have a head coach who is a very genuine person um, who has some, some relationships down South from his time there in Florida coaching. And right. they're, they're winning some. Now, they're not going to beat Michigan and Ohio State and Penn State and schools like that for, for the five-star high school players. It's just not going right. to happen. Right. But can you get good three-stars who can really develop into good players when they maybe a redshirt them? You know, and maybe, okay, redshirt them, right. get them bigger. Freshman year, maybe they don't play a ton. Sophomore year, play a little. Okay, now all of a sudden you got a 21-year-old junior out there. Maybe a 22-year-old junior. <laughs> maybe a 23-year-old mm-hmm. Now you got mm-hmm. something. Or you go into the portal and you get an E.J. Williams. Um, you get some guys like that. Right. Um, you get some of the defensive linemen who they've been able to get. Um, you know, I think then then you're looking at it going, okay, you know, then they're starting to improve their talent. And, again, they're not going to be able to line up. and go, you're, you're right. They're not going to line up and go man versus man versus right. Ohio State. And just right. But can you beat more of your contemporary, you know, can you beat the Minnesotas? Can you beat right. the Illinois? Right. Can you beat the Purdue's? Those schools. Jeff, gotcha. hang on a second. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we are – I hope you can hang on for another another segment, okay? Of course. Of course, Coach. Perfect. We'll come back after the scoreboard update and talk more IU with Jeff Rabjohns on Indiana Sports Talk. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Neil Finch with Network Indiana Sports, and typically I give you all the scores from around the state of Indiana, but I'm going to start in Houston. The Mariners defeat the Astros 10-3. Why is this important, you ask? Well, for one, Astros' Jose Altuve joins a 2,000-hit club today. Congrats to him. More importantly, the Mariners' Julio Rodriguez. Get this, he had two strikeouts today. Bad day for him, right? 
Well, he went four for six. This marks his fourth straight four-hit game. This marks his 17th hit in the last four games, both the longest since Coach was born in 1900. How about that? Now let's get into some live baseball that we currently have. How about the White Sox and the Rockies currently battling top of the eighth in Colorado? The Rockies lead 9-5. to five. The Diamondbacks and the Padres lead in the top of the seventh. That's the D-backs with the 4-1 lead, game two of their double header. Tied at two are the Orioles and the A's. That one in Oakland. Top of the seventh, the Rays over the Angels, 6-1 to one in the top of the sixth. And finally, our last live score currently, Dodgers lead 3-1 to one over the Marlins in the bottom of the seventh. The Indianapolis Indians are playing right now. Actually, they just finished in St. Paul. They get the win 5-4. to four. A little sweaty was that one. The Indy 11 currently on the other side of halftime, they're down one nothing in El Paso to El Paso Locomotive FC. The Colts get the win today, 24-17. to Gardner Minshew got the start, didn't see Anthony Richardson. We did not see Justin Fields for the Bears, but a pretty good performance here for the quarterbacks. Combined 220 yards and a touchdown. And on the ground, Sam Ellinger had eight carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. For Network Indiana Sports, Nathaniel Finch. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Nathaniel Finch, I know I'm old, but, man, it was it was a cheap shot. I'm okay with it, though. I, I thought it was good. Very well done. I was not born 100 years ago. It only seems like it. No, Coach, we that's 123. Resume our ca- 123 years 123. ago. 123. Okay. Uh, here's, here's the, speaking of age, here's the irony, though. Um no one who works on the show was born before the show started, just so you know. No one no one who works on Indiana Sports Talk is older than 30 years old. Indiana Sports Talk been on 30 years. You're all, you're all younger than that, which makes me even seem older than I really am. So I try to deal with it. But thanks for that reminder, though, Nathaniel. I appreciate that. Jeff Rabjohns rejoins us from Peaks.com. How about that, Jeff? 30 years. You've been on this show. Uh, probably not 30 of the years we've been on, but you've been on quite a bit, have you not? I have. I have, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting stat you just threw out there. <laughs> now, think about it. You know, when you're – you look, I, I understand. I'm, I'm not young, but, but having no one working on the show who was born before we started and – uh, August of 1994 is kind of an interesting thing, to be honest. Yeah, 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 it is. It is. Um, although, you know, I'll throw this in the hopper. I, I, I One thing I love about our interns that we bring in every year who are college kids, they do keep you right. They, 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 got, they got fresh ideas. Some fresh ideas are good. Some may be a little funky, but hey, you know, uh, I, I kind of I kind of enjoy the the influx of youthful ideas. Where the some right, are great, right. some, are, some are fantastic. So I, I just no, I get a kick out of the young kids. <clears throat> So you know, so do I. I try not to you know get too cliched about it, but it does it does keep you young. Um, they do have a, a different perspective and uh, and a good perspective. Uh, so there, uh, we were talking obviously about IU football comes up. They get started uh, against Ohio State on the second uh, of September. Then it's Indiana State, uh, Louisville, Akron, Maryland. Got to buy Michigan, Rutgers. Penn State, Wisconsin, uh, Illinois, Michigan State, and then the Boilermakers, as you pointed out. I think people understand it. You know, we understand 
You put uh, Michigan and Ohio State in a different category historically. And now, now of those others, you're right. You, you, can you can you win some of those games? Can you can you beat a Maryland and a Michigan State and an improving Illinois team uh, and and Rutgers? Can you can you get these games? Uh, are you encouraged that this group might be able to do that? I think they have a chance, and I think they have a chance because again, uh, the defensive line should be better. The running back right. uh, contingent should be good. I think the, it, it, a lot of it's going to come down to I think three things: one, quarterback play. You know, in, in today's college football, you need mm. good quarterback play, mm-hmm. and one mm-hmm. of the things that mm-hmm. differentiates good teams from average is quarterback play. Certainly, a lot of times, what differentiates great teams from very good teams is quarterback play. The other thing is offensive line. Can they block for the running backs? Can the offensive line create three yards to where the running back has to just get two more to get five? Uh, You know, as well as I do, a lot of times, you know, the running backs all get credit for all the yards. The the offensive line sometimes creates most of them, maybe half, maybe 60%, whatever. But if the offensive line is actually creating yards, then you have a running game. Um, And I think the third thing for Indiana is, can you finish games correctly? There were a number of games last year where in the fourth quarter, the game was in the balance. It was either tied or they were up, and they ended up losing. Um, so can you find a way to win games where you have a chance? Um, maybe it's don't have a turnover. Maybe it's find a way to finish a drive. Maybe it's get a touchdown instead of a field goal when you got inside the other team's 25. But for, for Indiana, I think those are the three biggest things that they need to do to have a chance to get to to get to six wins. And if, if they get to six wins against the schedule, I think it's a pretty good season. I really do. I know people say, well, I want to see seven, eight, nine right. wins. Of right. course, Of course fans want more wins. Uh, but I think realistically, if this team against this schedule gets the six wins, I think that's a good season for Indiana. Jeff Rabjohns, you're the best. Go to peaks.com. Get smarter by reading Jeff's good work. Have a great weekend, Jeff. Coach, you too. Always good talking to you. Take care. What? Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. Nathaniel Finch, scoreboard updates every 15 minutes, doing a great job tonight. Okay, Nathaniel, give me the post-mortem on the Colts game tonight. The Colts win over the Bears this evening. Well, they won. That's the positive, 24-17. to The negative for the folks out there at Lucas Oil Stadium, the only preseason game at home this year is that they didn't get to see Anthony Richardson. was thought to be the starter, obviously announced the starting mm. quarterback this week, but right. did not end up playing in that game, nor did 19 other of the expected 22 starters. We did see some great quarterback play, though, from Gardner Minshew and Sam Ellinger as a uh, combined team, 22 of 29, 220 yards and a touchdown. They played very well. Mm -hmm. Sam Ellinger, who, of course, last year was a monster in the preseason, probably the best preseason quarterback in the entire league. He also had eight carries for 60 yards and a touchdown. So the team looked pretty good, had to come from behind, took 17 points in the fourth quarter to get it done. But, boy, did they get it done. Any idea why Richardson didn't play? No, not not really sure. They were kind of coy about it all week whenever they were asked, and you know they still mm-hmm. haven't given an official mm-hmm. statement as to why. 
It's the preseason. No, I mean, everyone says, and you know this too, Coach, that the joint practices are a lot more valuable than the actual right. game itself. Right. But you kind of wish you could have seen the guy out there who's only played 13 games in college. Right. And, um, you know, it's we're told that reps is an important part of his development. Uh, I understand that. I'm not privileged to all the information. And so it's disappointing, I'm sure, for him and disappointing for the uh, – organization that uh, he didn't play tonight but you know they they have I, I i clearly think everybody understands that in uh, gardner Minshew they have a very very capable backup i think he continues to just go out there it's not his first rodeo as you like to say he's he understands and i think he fully understands it's not a bad life to be a backup qb in the nfl that is not a bad existence no, and they say that he's the uh, he's the professional. He's the guy. Everyone everyone seems to love him. He also uh, can spin the ball. You know, he he can throw it uh, and and has some uh, accuracy. So now, all right. So they, as we've been told, or no, as we now as we recognize, one less preseason game, and so this one's in the books. Wednesday, and they they play. What's up next for these guys? They head to Philly. They've got a Thursday night game against Steichen's old team, 8 o'clock on Thursday. So camp is actually – so Grand Park, they're finished there, correct? So they're yep. they're no longer going back, working now out on 56th Street. Uh, and before we know it, uh, it'll be the 10th of September, and they'll be opening up with Jacksonville. Counting down the days, Coach. So, you know, have we seen enough or do we know enough in preseason work to begin to start to form some ideas about what this team is capable of doing? Hold that thought. I hear that music. I'm programmed. (laughs) Hold that thought, okay? Coming up, top of the hour scoreboard update with my guy, Nathaniel Finch. This is Indiana Sports Talk.